Welcome. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Pure Chaos. Yeah. My name is Courtney. I am a therapist. And I'm Jocelyn, a brain and behavior coach and consultant. Yeah. And guess what we're talking about today, everybody? Drugs. Oh, yeah. Mainly through our own experiences. Um, But, you know, we also have some semblance of knowledge in life around things. So you might hear some factoids. Ooh, fun facts. They're always fun. That is why they are called fun facts. Did you guys know that? (laughs) That's a fact. All right. Well, oh yeah, this is a show about mental health and it's there are an experience. I think we already got it. Good. Going. I'm not on drugs. Yes. Right now. We're not currently on the drugs, um, but we have done the drugs in the past. So why do we want to talk about this? I guess that's probably (laughs) something that could be interesting. Um, One is like, if this is a podcast about mental health, everything in the world can impact our mental health. But drugs, I think that there's something that we're we're seeing more nuance around in the last, you know, especially in the last like five years, but you know, decade or couple decades where we're getting more understanding of how they can influence for the better. Some of them like psychedelics, um, our brain and our perception, the way we experience things like trauma and um, the way that we deal with difficulties that might be coming up in our lives. So we're going to talk about the good and the bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other things to add? No, I think, and I think a lot of people are curious and, and, and it's still a taboo to talk about in some, a lot of yeah. contexts. So I think it's just like knowing about, I didn't know anything, for example, about DMT or the first time I did marijuana, pot, cannabis, it was like a big, you know, don't yeah. talk about this. Even though you kind of knew every, I was on the big island. Like, you <laughs> smell it everywhere. <laughs> we just grew wild on the big island. Yeah. Although we did. So speaking of um, marijuana on the big island, I don't know if this is still the case, but we had a thing called Green Harvest. And mm-hmm. so we were terrified of the helicopters. So what we were told is helicopters come over and they'll scan They'll use like infrared military style what? scanning to like look for marijuana. I guess in my brain, it's like they must have a special scanner for marijuana. And so uh, nobody wanted to like get in trouble, mm. at least my, my friend group, you know, it was sort of like we would grow a plant somewhere and then get too scared to check on it or <laughs> like, they're going to find us and track us. Oh, man. I mean... Yeah, that sounds like a really effective tactic for yeah, getting so, people to not start farming it. Like, I mean, the people will just steal it and put it in their own farm. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, it did a lot of um, prevention. That was sarcasm. Hashtag yeah. sarcasm. <laughs> Hashtag you can't see my face, but sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we can... I don't know. I think you and I have both done our fair share of the smorgasbord of drugs. Yeah. So we could probably just get started with like weed. Weed. Because that's a pretty n- It normal. is the gateway. 
Well, apparently <laughs> alcohol is. Oh, I don't know which one I did first, actually. I definitely smoked weed first and then did shrooms and then had alcohol, hmm. which I don't think is very common. <laughs> All at the same party? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I tried marijuana first. I was 16. And we were, it was like a group of people, like a group of gals, maybe 12 sitting around a table. In my memory, it feels like the last supper, just like all around. <laughs> and people were handing this giant spliff, like a cigar spliff with Damn. real shitty weed. Um, spliff? Uh, no, like sorry. A joint. Uh, they called a it a spliff, but it was a blunt. It was okay. only marijuana kids. There was no tobacco. Um, In tobacco leaves? Tobaccos, no tobaccos. And... Um, yeah, rolled with shake, like crappy, just like byproduct leaves and not the best stuff. Um, and everybody was kind of passing it around and then they all knew I hadn't smoked. So I didn't want them to see me do it because mm -hmm. that was my own little private experience in my head. Mm -hmm. So I just like quietly, while they were all laughing and doing things like took, took a hit and then fucking, I'm going to name her. Leela, looking at you. Um, oh, Leela. She goes, oh, Jocelyn just smoked. And I was like, oh, no. That was the worst experience. <laughs> but I really feel anything. It had, yeah. like, no effect. Everybody well, else claimed it did. One reason could be that it was shake. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But another reason is, I, I hear that that is very, very common, that your first time smoking there's a higher likelihood that you won't actually feel anything. I have no idea why. I don't know if that's fact or not, but I also mm -hmm. didn't get high at all my first time. Yeah, I wonder if it's like something with endocannabinoids receptors are sort of like, then oh, you get turned on. now we're awake, but we don't feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, and it's also the possibility that like, I don't know if you had smoked cigarettes beforehand or not, mm -hmm. but I had never smoked anything. So mm -hmm. maybe I just didn't do it right, you know? Yeah. No, but. I, I didn't want to smoke cigarettes. In fact, I hated them so much. I took my stepmom was a smoker at that point, and I would steal them from her pack just to go bury them. <laughs> you bury <I> mean, them. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know Aww. what, like little funerals. You're, you're like, I'm saving you yeah. one burial at a time. She's dead now. Well. You know, didn't bury him fast enough. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Do you know how old you were? Uh, I was, God, I don't. I was either 16 or 17. I know that I, I was 16. Yeah. I was 16. It was like the fall, I think, or summer of my going into junior year of high school. Obviously, I'm not a I'm not that smart. I wasn't a junior in college when I was 16 years old. No Doogie um, Hauser. Yeah, not here. <laughs> um, and I know that once I started smoking, like once once I got past that first time, and I, I actually started to feel the high. It was so amazing and freeing like mm -hmm. I for the first mm, maybe seven years of me doing drugs um 
I never once had a bad trip. I didn't feel anxiety. I didn't feel shame. None of the guilt stuff came up. Like I just had a good time. Wow. Seven years. So it was like, then you had the seven year itch. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And I don't really, I, I question it because, you know, people constantly say it's, your, your trip is very dependent on where you're at in your life mm. at that time. But I feel like I was still dealing with a lot of fucked things back then. Um, I just think that my brain hadn't depleted itself enough mm-hmm. on certain neurochemicals in order to fall into a bad trip. Because if I would have a weird trip, and we'll talk about this when we get to mushrooms, I was able to just kind of come to a place of acceptance hmm. of what I was experiencing. And so then it wasn't a bad trip anymore. Right? It's like a magic trick in real life to be able to do that. Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I, I, I couldn't necessarily do that in real life, but I could when I was high. Yeah. But, I think that's why, I mean, a lot of people go to it. It's sort of like you can either quiet your mind or go somewhere else that you're not if you, if you have anxiety, it can go either way, right? It can mm-hmm. either be like extremely calming because you're just zoning out, going into a flow state, doing something, or it goes, let me think about every possible regret in my life. And why is everyone looking at me? Stop looking at me. Look at ah, that whole like, <laughs> um, everybody knows, everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really, yeah, I, I had moments of paranoia, but it was mostly, it was fun. And I did learn quickly. So I was a, a big surfer. I surfed every day for a few years in high school. And um, I tried smoking before surfing once and I hated it so much. Mm. Cause I got in the water and I was just terrified. I was gonna drown, like oh. something was gonna happen. So I never did that before. It was only after. I think my favorite experience back then with um, the first time I ate uh, marijuana. Oh God. It was, in a, it was in a shortbread cookie that this gal made and uh, it, there was so much in it. The cookie was, had a green hue, like the weed butter was so strong. Yep. And me and my friend ate, um, I think she gave us a recommended amount and we were like, fine, we're going to do twice that. And then we went into <laughs> the movie theater where we watched Psycho with Vince Vaughn. And um, Anne, one of the Anns, and it was the remake that, um, what's his name, Gus Van Sant made. And I didn't follow a lot of it. It was just hilarious to me. But it came to that moment where Vince Vaughn was looking through a peephole and his body was moving really quickly and he was sweating a lot and he had a really disgusting look on his face. And me and my friend were like, what is he doing? What is he? Oh, he's masturbating. And we giggled forever, snorting so loud. Everybody in the movie theater was pissed. We just couldn't stop laughing. And I remember nothing else of that movie. Wow. It was great. I actually lied. I did have one bad experience. Was it from eating it? It was from edibles. It was the only time in seven years that I had a bad experience, and it was probably midway through that seven-year period of time. I was like 19 or 20. My brother, I had been smoking regularly, like smoking bowls, you know, whatever. I was smoking a lot of weed, um, but I hadn't gotten to my stage of like smoking 15 spliffs a day. That Um, comes later. That comes later. But my brother 
dropped off a weed cookie and he didn't tell me how much to eat. And this was way <laughs> for all you kids who didn't know that weed wasn't regulated in the past when people made edibles you didn't know how much was in that bitch. Like, yeah. y- usually they were pretty fucked. <laughs> the edibles. They were so potent. And I ate the entire thing. I had never done an edible before. I ate the whole thing. I later found out he laughed at me. And I later found out that I was supposed to only eat a quarter of it. Right. But it didn't kick in as soon as I had had weed kick in when I would smoke it. So I was like, oh, well, it's not going to do anything. So I went downstairs and I smoked two bowls. (laughs) And I sat down to start watching a new TV show. I think it was Chuck. If anybody has watched Chuck, it's like a spy thing. I have no idea, you guys, because I could not, (laughs) I couldn't track it. Like every like five or 10 seconds, it felt like I was falling forward in time and then time would start over. And every like five to 10 seconds, I would sort of like have a jump back into being really aware of what was happening, but not being able to remember the storyline or what was going on in the show. And I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I went downstairs and I put on music and the song that happened to be on was, um, somewhere over the rainbow by is. Oh, and I, I tend to listen to songs on repeat. So I put it on, on, on repeat and my lights were out and I was just sitting in my bed and I, all of a sudden I got this overwhelming, dread come over me that I was going to die and my father was going to come and find me and this song somewhere over the rainbow was going to be playing and it's the saddest song in the world and he was going to find me with that song playing and I was going to be dead and I was going (laughs) to like (laughs) traumatize my father so I went upstairs and I laid down against my dad's door (laughs) and just cuddled up in a blanket and was just like it's gonna go away it's gonna go away it's gonna go away and then it finally went away like four hours later but oh my god I I was convinced I was gonna die and it was not an acceptable right (laughs) I actually want this I don't want this to happen not like this yeah you know um yeah that was horrible it I did is, not like it. Did you fall asleep in that time? Or did you did just like finally... No, it went away and then I was able to fall asleep. Damn. Yeah. I mean, because it does affect every. I mean, it affects everybody differently and every yes. state of life and every... And there's like different strains and all of that. But eating it has like such a... Di- like Such a different cool. experience. It's way more psychedelic. Yeah. It, it really is. It fucks with my thoughts more. Yeah. I think. Or it did back yeah. in the day. Now I, everything fucks with my thoughts. I can't eat edibles now. I think I remember when maybe I was texting you. So I had a uh, Apple yes. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I it was a couple years ago, and um, Amin had given me one, and he said, you know, only eat half. Which I remembered like right after putting the entire thing, <laughs> like right after swallowing, only eat half, only eat half. And I was like, oh no. And then um, I kind of forgot about it. And I was like pacing around as I normally do. But then I was feeling so, it was just like my heart was racing. My, my phone says, um, are you okay? Because <laughs> you, high heart rate alert. Just like, da-dun, And I was like, da 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 And I told him, I mean, like, I just need to, I just need to like draw and not be around a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't be around humans right now. So, 
Yeah. Not a social time. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely not. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that I used weed a lot when I was younger for, when I say younger, I mean like 18 to 23, 25. I used weed for like chilling out, but also for having a good time. Like relax, like the same way we use alcohol. Right. Um, but it, it wasn't necessarily, what am I trying to say? Yeah. It, it always had a fun effect. It was always a good time. Uh, smoked heavily, heavily, heavily for a few years. Um, it would also like in the beginning, I don't know if you had this experience, but I remember one time I was driving and I was smoking. Don't drive and do drugs, guys. But I was driving and I was smoking. And I just remember the look of the light from a lamppost and like the trees behind it. And I'm going to have the same experience when we start to talk about ketamine as well. But this was the first time I had ever experienced, second time I had ever experienced this in my life. The first time was an actual experience of what I felt the experience was like, meaning I was actually a child on a playground when everybody else had stayed inside and it was just my class that got to go and like run out on the playground. It kind of felt like we were like on set when everybody was on break mm. type of experience. And it felt like that again. It felt like I was wandering around a set on a TV show or a movie. Interesting. And I was just like interacting with all of these inanimate objects that were part of a set that didn't have any actors on it. Wow. Really strange, but it was so cool. It was so, so cool. I just loved the way that marijuana would make my mind and my perspective shift. And I think that's when it really began to become open to lessening the rigid thoughts of the religion that I grew up in, mm. right? Like that was the first time that I was able to have a felt sense of the kind of freedom that I imagine was possible without feeling that shame that religion just kind of puts on top of you. Oh, like a open to door, doors of perception. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then it all took a turn after about 26. I, I can't smoke weed at all anymore. It just makes me paranoid as all hell, even if it's the smallest trace amount of THC. Uh, so. Yeah. Nice. Good time. No more good time. The party's over. The party is over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am glad that they're like the the legalization of it so in Oregon you know you can you, it's just like going to pick up the groceries mm -hmm. like uh, bananas and but, but even it's more um uh hands-on kind of catering or something you know you go mm -hmm. and ask for certain types and here's how I want to here I'm going to do drawing today what's the one for that and all that yeah but it's it's a uh, I think it's really good to be able to go in and know that you're getting something quality and it's not going to be laced with something and you know the amount that you're getting yeah. And so controlled. dosed, yeah, <laughs> controlled substance. Yeah. But in a, in a really supportive, helpful way. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, well, you had medical marijuana that sort of paved the way for that. Mm -hmm. And then people went, oh, wait, maybe maybe Nixon was a liar when he said it was the world's most dangerous drug, even after the report, excuse me, I just did a bunch of research on this, but the Schaefer report came out and they're like, the biggest research report ever done, this is in like 71 or something, and they're like, mm, yeah, so it's not actually bad. Um, and Nixon's like, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> it's going on the baddest of the bad. Mm -hmm. And he became... So in America, we have Controlled Substances Act, and marijuana is in Schedule One, which is the same as heroin and um, peyote for some reason. Hmm. So even, even above, it's ranked as more dangerous and with, no quote, no medicinal value um, alongside uh, LSD, yeah, um, all of the psychedelics. Yeah. So like cocaine and fentanyl are considered less dangerous. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just made up. Just yeah made up when in reality what we have our opioid and uh crisis going on right now yeah where thousands of people are dying all the time yeah from fentanyl overdoses and other opioid overdoses and Insanely has marijuana powerful. killed anybody i can't think of a case you know not like oh i got into a car accident because I wasn't paying attention to something. Like, like actually, did it? Did you overdose? No, I don't think that there are any cases of I that. Don't. It would be a real anomaly or an outlier. Yeah. If somebody has proof that we are wrong, please send it into the podcast. Yeah, I would love to know that. Yeah, actually, I would love to know that. And I refuse to go look it up right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but marijuana is like the, the and especially when we have, you know, alcohol, which this country had a whole history of trying to prohibit that, that, that yeah. went well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's... Um, I wonder how long it'll take for it to be federally acceptable. I feel like it ha like, it might even become a thing where they double down more mm. on the other ones, like um, uh, shrooms and, and psychedelics. Yeah, psychedelics, um, and allow marijuana. As kind of like a oh here's your here's yeah an appeasement type of yeah, thing yeah exactly but yeah obviously I don't know I can't predict anything that's happening in this government so yeah anyway the different topics the crumbling empire okay yeah. so we do drugs to deal with it yeah um, what else I think uh, well what was your next thing that you took after weed I think it was mushrooms. Um, that would have been, so it would have probably been like 21 and I was living in Oregon. Um, I'm trying to think if I did anything else. I think it was that. So yeah, I remember the first time doing that, uh, we drove to the coast and um, it was like a surf camp trip with some friends, some people from the restaurant. I was bartending at the time and um, they had some mushrooms and I was like, I don't know, I don't, you know, my typical thing where I'm like, I don't want people to know that I'm doing it mm. and so people are passing around and I like pocketed some and then waited to not be noticed and then and then ate some when nobody was looking and I had sunglasses on I was sitting in this chair uh, we were kind of like a camp chair sitting around back when you could still you could still camp at that beach mm. like before they they changed and anyway glorious and I remember just like uncontrollable laughter <laughs> once again I was crying and I was covering my mouth and I was just like 
like this the whole time convulsing my face just in tears and somebody finally noticed and they're like what's wrong with jocelyn and i laughed so hard i fell out of my chair <laughs> and that was my first it was amazing it was um, just like i just felt like euphoria just delighted joy. and yeah. the world looked so sparkly yeah it was like yeah, yeah it was really um a wonderful experience yeah the mushrooms have always been like again no matter if i had a bad a a, a scary thought or not it was like mushrooms just felt safe yeah um there's there's this idea that i prescribe to i guess that um taking mushrooms is like the experience of the mushrooms having a human experience instead mm. of you having a mushroom experience. And so it's kind of like having this perspective of almost a newborn baby where right. everything is just new and just curiosity abundant and mm -hmm. willing to just explore and experience and have fun. Yeah, like play, like the play. world is dancing with you. Exactly. Yeah. So many, so many mushroom trips that we would spend hours talking about, I'm sure. But yeah, there was one trip, two trips in particular, I guess, that highlight kind of like opposing sides of things. Mm. Both I had like scary thoughts in. One, I was fine, and one completely sent me down the drain. <laughs> um, one was, I was like, with my, I'm doing quotation marks, boyfriend at the time. Um, and I remember feeling the, the like stomach pain yeah you know of after you eat mushrooms it could be a little gurgly you might need to stay close to a toilet <laughs> see nothing ever happened I just would feel like pain in my stomach and um I was convinced that the pain was something going wrong and that I was gonna die <laughs> oh no <laughs> and we were listening to Radiohead um Kid A soundtrack and we were just like laying down and I remember like quickly coming to a place of if I die right now that's okay hmm. like the opposite of the eating the weed yeah yeah like you know of course I'd love to do more things in my life of course, I would love to experience whatever it is, but, you know, that's fine. That's just, this is how much time I was allotted, and here we are. And it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> Whoa, Miss Buddha over here, Courtney. <laughs> but that was not my experience on the second one. It had nothing to do with death, and it was more so just like pure anxiety around relationship stuff. But it was also after I had gone on my drug binge, for many, many, many years. <laughs> and again, like I think it, like, cause what, marijuana, not marijuana, uh, mushrooms are a serotonin. They influence your serotonin, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I was just looking, I think I even have notes on it. I can see if I can pull it up quickly, <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to, I won't bother with it too much. I'll just see if I see the word serotonin. Boom. Well, there it is. There it is. 
Uh, increased serotonin, so underlies divergent and convergent circuits, microdose, blah, 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 blah. Um, so 5-HT2A receptor increases, it's weighted more. What am I saying? Um, <laughs> this, is, this is a study, I think it's a Dutch study, and they're looking at the effects of using um, psilocybin and how it affects creative thinking. Mm. So both uh, divergent and convergent thinking. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's what they were saying. It's sort of affecting, I think it says it also raises dopaminergic tone. Um, interesting. There we go. That's it. That's the extent. Okay. Well, if you say had no serotonin in your system and mushrooms were there to increase your serotonin activity, if your serotonin receptors were not able to create serotonin, then I wonder if something else might occur. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well, um, I wonder if, because like, is it, everybody, uh, does the brain function if it doesn't manufacture serotonin? Like, I think it, there has, it yeah, feels like it's a, it's a, have a, a essential per particular percentage of it, but yeah. for the ability to, let's say, have a, joy or like <laughs> good mood yeah um you have to have a higher percentage of it right and uh there was a study that i a study that i did there was a test that i did that showcased how much of all of my various neurochemicals um how how plentiful they were mm -hmm. or not and serotonin after my drug binge of years was like hardly even on right the spectrum it's like in your bloodstream is that how they how do they measure it they measured it by and who knows if this is even a real thing that this particular company can actually do i have no idea but yeah it was through saliva urine maybe blood i can't remember mm. but there were multiple fluids that i had to provide um, <laughs> take all my fluids <laughs> but yeah uh, mushrooms are fascinating there is a study that was done and also I'm going to butcher this one too nice. but there was this let's just pretend like I have all the facts and you guys can realize that I maybe have 10% of the facts correct and you can go look it up Yeah. but I think it might have been in Japan I think it was mushrooms and they were trying to create a, uh, the best routes for the Tokyo subway system. Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they plant plotted out the Tokyo cityscape and they put, um, they had the various stops that were already there and, or that they wanted. And then they placed, um, whatever kind of, grime that mushrooms eat. like to eat yeah and then they uh, onto the stops onto the various stops they put the food and then they put a an amalgam of mycelium and I, obviously it's not like psilocybin it's just mushrooms it's the mycelium mycelium of mushroom um into the middle of or at one of the stops oh. and then they watched the Mycelium find the fastest, most effective routes to each of those stops. And that's how they decided on creating 
the subway system. It's so smart. I wish that America did that. <laughs> or that we even had good ground travel between oh, cities yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like the, the same kind of concept has been discussed or shown within our neural network. Um, when you do mushrooms, when you ingest mushrooms, like big uh, mic macro doses, mm. um, they see, and I don't know if it's the same with micro doses, but with macro doses, they see like old pathways, which might not be as effective but are more rutted, meaning like you have utilized them more often. So your mind goes that way. Mushrooms are capable of finding other pathways that are even more effective and actually might be better for you yeah. emotionally. Yeah, well, that's one of the coolest things. So why they're using it for med medicinal, per for, you know, for helping people overcome PTSD mm -hmm. and other kinds of trauma and ruminative thinking OCD that kind of thing it's like the way I always thought of it uh, it was uh you have a grand canyon of thinking so like mm -hmm. the water's gonna flow in the easiest path mm -hmm. and that's like the way that I think of when you have a, a redded pathway it could be that pathway could be like everything's doomed and I suck and that's just gonna be the route that it takes because it's yeah. been carved in so long and it can be take so much effort to take an alternative path but when you take um psilocybin it's going like, wow, but look at all these other wonderful yeah. adventures you can take. It's almost like each of those pathways have equal footing. Yeah. And then it you get to run down the path that has the better benefit or that has the easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So five stars. Five stars to my mushrooms. Absolutely five stars to mushrooms. So many beautiful, beautiful experiences. Like who cares if you have like life epiphanies or whatever. It's just like the actual experience of being on them shifts something within you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the only thing to watch for is um, you might need, you might be a bathroom person. Yeah. Pretty quickly after. And then it passes so fast. You're like, it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do salvia mm -mm. yeah don't do that you guys <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really fucked up drug man. is that really is that a weed also like ish thing so i believe when i smoked salvia it was it was i actually don't remember i think it was more like um dmt style where it's kind of crystal rocky yeah, not necessarily crystally, but more like dusty. I don't know. Um, but I had to smoke it in foil, so I felt like nice. a crack addict. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Don't do that one. Don't do spice either. It's like a synthetic version of weed. Just don't do it. No. It was fucked up. Zero stars. Yeah, zero. At negative 18 stars. <laughs> um, okay. What's yeah. your next one? Next, I let's see. Um... It was either acid or DMT. Wait, what? Yeah, I think. Am I missing some? Oh, cocaine. Yeah, I was like, no oh, yeah. way. <laughs> I forgot about the fun one. <laughs> I mean, granted, we kind of talked a little bit about cocaine last episode, but yeah. I, I, this is different. So yesterday, I was talking to a group of friends, and um, they they were talking about they, they needed something. They had a cold or they, they had allergies. I forgot what it was exactly, but I was like... Sudafed, like Sudafed is the thing, maybe when you're getting on a plane or 
I forgot the reason that I recommended Sudafed, but I was like, it's when I am feeling stuffed up or like my ears are feeling weird. Um, Amin has to take it for when he gets on flights because he has a pressure thing that happens. Mm. And it, Amin is uh, my partner, partner, just yeah. so everybody knows. Just a stranger I talk about on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I swear by it. When I got COVID, Sudafed was the mm-hmm. thing that helped me breathe. You gave me some Sudafed. Yeah. I was able to have a sleepful night. And I'm like legitimate Sudafedrin. Fuck that other, I don't know what the generic was. I hate it. Sudafedrin works. And for me. And, um, and I often get like, I can breathe and then I'm kind of just sleepy. And every single person there said, I feel so jacked up yeah, on Sudafed. And I was like, what? Like meth, it's an ingredient for methamphetamine. Yeah, I remember them, like, you know, we had to, like, show our license. And you had to get a prescription for a while or something. Um, but I, I'm like, what? I, yeah, okay, logically, I get it. People make meth out of oh, it. Oh, it's because you have ADHD. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> but everybody I don't know there, if that's true. I was wondering, because I was like, am I... It's what? How could it be that yeah. 12 people here feel jacked up on Sudafed? And I'm like, I just feel calm and a little sleepy. Hmm. That's really interesting. I've never tried meth. I don't plan well, to. Yeah. Let's not go that <laughs> far. Yeah. So, but it made me think of that cocaine thing. I was like, I wonder if there's just like the way my brain processes it. Is it? Blah, blah, blah. Possibly. Or. That's interesting. Yeah. Hey, if there's any smart people listening pseudofed experts who wants to tell us why that could be a thing we're interested yeah maybe i haven't done enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah huh certainly does not keep me up i have i actually don't remember what it did for me after i took it i just know that i was able to breathe yeah that's what i cared about um and can i I breathe and go to sleep sleep that night so there you go yeah Hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, cocaine. I think we talked a bit about it. Uh, yeah, it's one hell of a drug. One hell of a drug. Um, and enjoyed it. Um, won't touch it now because um, there's no way I'm I'm getting into the yeah danger. Zone. Right now, cocaine. Also, if you live under a rock, you might not know that cocaine is frequently laced with fentanyl these days. In order to, uh, like slowly um, create a dependence within dealers' uh, clientele so that they get hooked on fentanyl without knowing and then spend, you know, more money buying the fentanyl. They just, they don't know how to dose it. They put too much. It takes, like, the most ridiculously small amount to, like... And if you have an underlying heart condition, maybe you don't know about, or literally anything else, like you can just, your heart can just stop. Yeah. So very dangerous. Highly recommend you don't do drugs right now. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, I also did like, I had Oxy before. Oh, yeah. My ex's brother used to snort that shit. He's dead now. Yeah. Um, OD'd. Don't do that one. Um. Didn't like it at all. Cocaine always felt like this is too short of a high. Mm. Like you always had to do more and more and more for it to sustain itself for the period of time that I wanted to be high. Mm. Because mm. I was used to highs that lasted four hours. to 12 hours. Right. right? <laughs> oh, Molly. But, also did Molly before yeah. those, maybe before. Before cocaine? Um 
No, before the other ones, before yeah, yeah. acid and DMT. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Molly was great. Also sparkly. Yeah. Just a nice, also too afraid to do that one now, but it was just like, oh, everything is lovely and we're all friends and yeah. Molly was fantastic. It lasts a long time. Yes. Would allow Molly. Courtney was a raver back in the day and to get through rave evenings, uh, it would be Molly and or MDA, um, which is just a cleaner version of Molly. It would just, it would be sass, sassafras. Hmm. Um, it was browner. Um, and Coke, Molly mm -hmm. and Coke, and then cigarettes mm. and maybe some alcohol depending, you know, just to like, you know, you're always trying to even out that high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it would keep you going. I, and I think I remember like, I, it would be like a gram of Molly that would be done in a in a session yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything went up the nose i i would get real sick if i had if i ingested anything oh. so it was all up the nose i'm pretty sure i fucked up my nose but mm. and that could be that's like part because it messes with your serotonin right it absolutely fucks your serotonin so the the piece around all of these drugs is like in moderation like you're you're probably fine but when you're doing it constantly and you're not giving your body time to replenish, replenish yeah you're essentially just depleting getting a little bit of, getting a little bit of replenishment depleting getting even less depleting 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 and I exhausted exactly for about three months I would do a fuck ton of molly probably f five nights a week i would have at least um at least like a full hit or so every single day for f for that three months or four or five months and then i would do acid twice a week wow and cocaine every night that we would party and it got to a point where my body just couldn't create serotonin. It was like, you got it. You're doing it yourself. We're done yeah. manufacturing for you. Yeah, because you don't, like, when, I think the mechanisms of Molly are that your serotonin is all essentially dumped out all at once. Mm. And so that's why you're experiencing this euphoria. euphoria yeah. because, I love this place here now. Yeah, because you're so inundated with the good time feelings um, because they can't be reuptaked <laughs> <laughs> fast enough when they're all dumped out, right? It's just flooded. And... I think, you guys, I'm not a scientist. Yeah, well, Molly's feels good. Yeah, and, and so then if you dump out something enough, like, it's going to be like, okay, I, fine, you don't need it anymore. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So... Yeah, That's... now I take medication. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a different kind of drug. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Not, not on the streets. Any fun stories for your experience with Molly? I don't have any like standout things, that, nothing that I remember really. Just, just remember like having a nice time. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, this is like side note, but I remember reading about the HN... HN 
H&M, H&Ns, here and nows, here and nows, that's the here and now molecule, so like, that's what serotonin is, like the here and now, like I'm super chill, I'm very comfortable, I'm pleased with my situation, versus something like dopamine, which is an out there mm. thing, I, that's like, that's the difference I uh, interpret between something like Molly and something like cocaine, Yeah, where it's like, sort of like, I'm so nice and here, and that's everything, this feels cozy, Versus like, um, let's create stuff and like get yeah. in the flow and make and yeah, I don't know what you would classify. We, oh yeah. So yeah, no real. So I guess I would move into, I think my favorite. Well, your favorite drug of all time? My favorite experience. Oh, okay. What, not with Molly. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to ask you a question before we moved yeah, yeah. on. Did you ever take any of the designer drugs I don't think so like any of the pressed pills mm, I mean other than um no just like oxy and you okay. know like prescription like Vicodin okay so before we move on there were all of these different kinds of and I'm sure they're still happening today but like party chemists who would right. create these designer uh party drugs that you would roll on like um combining molly with more methamphetamine or combining um molly with uh uh i don't know things other things uh but there were some called like green apples mm. and uh white lightnings which were the greatest of all fucking time like the best high i've ever had in my life they were phenomenal and they were around for like maybe three years, two years. Um, it was fantastic. And you're always kind of like chasing the unicorn at that point. Right. Um, then there was also this thing called sunshine. Did you ever hear about sunshine? that? Sunshine. Yes. Apparently it was fertilizer. Oh God. Yeah. Which I'm fairly certain just eats holes in your brain. Oh my God. <laughs> and I did that when I was 20 yeah, 20. And I I remember there are certain drugs where I have taken them and been like, this is too good of a drug. I'm never going to do this again. And that's how I know I'm not an addict. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went and I snorted the line and I stood up. I walked three steps backwards and I was dropped into the peak of my high for four hours. Do you remember the whole experience? Yes. I was sitting in a group of people in a living room. There were maybe like four or five groups of pairs talking and I could hear distinctly every single conversation wow. and understand every single one of them. Nothing was overwhelming. It definitely felt like um, that movie where Bradley Cooper takes a Limitless? The, yeah, Limitless. <laughs> it felt like a Limitless, but it was also probably not actually happening that way, and I was You're slowly more like Charlie brain Day. dead and yeah. dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Charlie Day Always pretending sunny. to know how to speak Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, anywho, so... Sunshine and White Lightning. I mean, you know, all points for the names they... Yeah, well, because the white lightning was a little white pressed pill with a white lightning right um, stamp on it. Yeah, there are so Oof. many. I yeah. didn't. I was. I was kind of more of a, like, tell me what this is and it. What did? Where does it come from? And then I'll maybe do it while you're not looking, dude. One thing to say about that, but second piece is, I was not like that at all. 
<laughs> I would take whatever people would give me. I wouldn't probably ask, like, what, what is it? Oh, it's Coke. Okay. What is it? Oh, it's Molly. Okay. But I never OD'd. I never, like, I'm sure that I got shit that wasn't actually what people told me, but I didn't die. Yeah. But you can't do that these days. Like, no. you can't just take something random from some person anymore. You can't just take a pill and not know exactly what's in it or not test it. It's wild. I don't know how I didn't die because I'm pretty sure that that shit was happening back then too. But like today it's so inundated. The prevalence is different. Yeah. yeah. I think it was much more rare to, you wouldn't really hear about. The stories would be so rare and it would often be because people had these cocktails of different things, like the Heath Ledger kind of story. Right. Which is like a lot of different the prescriptions. and the, uh, yep. yeah. Kind of yeah. like Xanax followed by whatever, something that keeps you up and then something puts you down. Yeah. And that's just like heart failure or other kinds of whatever brain eruptions. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Fun. You were going to say your favorite. Oh, I mean, I did. So I did do, does Paxil count? I did do Paxil. That, that's a prescription drug. But are we talking about, <laughs> are we talking about the fun drugs? We're talking about the fun the drugs. The fun ones for not problems we can or talk different about, kinds of problems. We can talk about the prescription ones that are for mental health and not for pain afterwards. Okay. So moving to the next fun time. Okay. The, this might not sound like a fun time. You know this story. We're going to tell, tell you listeners. Uh, so DMT. Um, the first, the only time I've done it so far, um, was I had a show called Party Time and I, and it was, it's a stand-up comedy storytelling show and I was hosting and I had a really good night and I was feeling just, you know, that sparkly, like everything went well, this was great. And a friend of mine, um, I, he had been talking about, he, he was kind of into psychedelics and considering being a guide and that sort of thing. And he had told me about DMT and I was like, I wanted it now. <laughs> he's like, do you want to try it? And he, but he was very like, have you had any other substances you want to, you don't really want to mix, uh, at least tonight. for your first experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I had like a wine, but he's like, okay. Um, so I would, did it with him and he didn't do it. He just like was there with me and he kind of explained what would happen, you know, just about 15 minutes. Um, what what I'd recommend is keep your eyes closed so you can have the most like intense experience and if you're comfortable with that and then you can open them um and if you'd like to just talk out everything as it's happening you can do mm -hmm. that and I'm so grateful for that because I remember so much of it so vividly mm -hmm. and I think being able to talk it out with someone there was so helpful so I remember it's starting and it was just like I'm going out into space it was like just like eyes closed and I'm in a space shuttle but I'm not really in my body I'm like kind of everywhere but just here hard to explain and I just see like stars and then these geometric patterns that were beautiful and different color like neon colors and super pretty and astral and um, I was like oh this is glorious and then we'd get further out I say we me and my body and the world uh, mm -hmm. further out <laughs> into like the universe like I felt I was traveling to the dawn of time like how the universe was created or something and then it was like a black hole in that moment I felt like the most intense existential dread I remember ever experiencing like 
I'm falling into despair or death or what is this? And I, I like, I was just like, oh my God, I'm like, uh, so scared. And I, um, I, 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 I don't matter. Oh my God. Like what, what's the point? Like, I don't matter. And I was so upset with this thought and I'm like, how long is this supposed to last? And he reminded me like 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I can keep going. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not dying. I do. Wait, what? <laughs> um, just, you know, anxious brain going. And then that became the most hilarious thing I could. It was, I, again, consumed with laughter. And I was like, I don't matter. Ah! And like nothing does, but everything does, but it doesn't. And it's amazing. And it was just like this euphoria. So if I've heard this described as that, that existential fear as um, ego death. Mm -hmm. And it's just this terrifying feeling. Um, and then followed by like, almost like like nirvana, right? Like just sort of like, ha, ah, I can mm -hmm. relax because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. And but we get to be here and it, a super intense, like m cocktail of feelings. And then I opened my eyes and the entire world was melting and it was also very funny. <laughs> yes. so, As it would be. Yeah. If everything was melty. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see any elves. No. Mm, no. I was asked. No elves. No elves. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Well, you I don't I don't think I saw the shadow creatures. Yeah. But Yeah. DMT I always heard it described as like and I don't know if the science is true on this, but DMT is a chemical that is found in every living thing, in plants, in um, animals, in <laughs> us. It's released when we dream and it's released in large, in small quantities when we dream and it's released in large quantities when we die in our brain. I don't know if that's true. But yeah, I think that's the fear. I don't know if they've proven it. Like, yeah. I think that's their theory that the DMT releases and then we have this dream to end all dreams. Right. Which completely corresponds with my opinion on what happens when we die and the quote-unquote afterlife. So I'm going to choose to believe it. I think it's like the God, do they call it the God molecule? Uh, yeah. DMT? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I did DMT, I was by myself. Um, I was in my little, mm -hmm. we still have so much more to go. We just saw the clock, you guys. You're <laughs> so lucky today. You get to listen to us talk forever. I won't talk like that anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I was by myself. Uh, I smoked it out of a bong. I, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I think that's what you're, I don't know. Um, and I remember when I put the bong down Sorry, I don't know if you heard me burp, but I just did it. Um, I, I remember taking a breath. And the, the breath, like the sound of the breath felt like it was coming from so deep inside me that it was like coming from everywhere else in the universe. Mm -hmm. It felt like the breath of the universe. And then I looked around the tiny room that I was sitting in and it was just like from the bottom, from the floor to the ceiling, it just went and it was just like symbols 
in the air going from the bottom of the floor to the top of the ceiling all across and they just kind of like flipped up um like kind of like, like the in the stock market when yeah. those things flip and in the matrix yeah um and I was like, oh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. And so I laid down and I closed my eyes. And I remember they, they say that you can have, you know, oh, Mao. I don't know if you guys heard that, but did you keep go Mao, Mao? Because I'm being an asshole and moving her around. Um, but uh, they, they say that you can either have like a earthbound experience of DMT <laughs> or you can blast off. And I also had the feeling of like going up into space. And then I immediately, like my vision immediately, uh, the fog rolled out and mm. I was standing on a street on what was very clear to me was an alien planet. And there were like rows of... Um, buildings along the street and in every window of the buildings and all along the side of the street there were all of these really tall black shadowy creatures that had really long limbs and really long fingers and they were all kind of like sensuously <laughs> I don't beckoning know you yeah like gesturing to me with like one or two fingers to come were you them. scared? Like, how did you feel? I felt like I was home. Mm. I felt like I was, it was not scary. It definitely was not the mechanical elves that rape you. <laughs> they <laughs> rape you too? Yeah. Oh, I don't like these Dude, elves. There are so many stories of people who have gone into, blasted off and woken, like awoken to these mechanical elves, like raping them. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, y'all, when Jocelyn said that it's a 15-minute trip, it doesn't feel like 15 It's 15 minutes. lifetimes. It's 15 lifetimes. Yeah. yeah. It's like thousands upon thousands of years are what you can experience while only 15 minutes of earthly time has passed. So, like, I don't know. That sounds horrific to me. Yeah. The the whole, like, mechanical elves. I thought they were just, like, thing. mischievous, fun little elves. They can be. They're not wow. always rapey. <laughs> Sorry that we've said rape so much. <laughs> like, this episode's getting flagged. Yeah. <laughs> flagged for sexual... Anywho. Um, and so I, I noticed them all doing this, this beckoning motion. And I had this overwhelming sense of like I'm home I get to finally relax and like go like leave my body them. yeah and as I started walking down the street towards this inevitable end of the road where something would occur that's what it felt like something was going to happen um I heard the sc scratching from this world mm. and it was my cats outside my bedroom door like outside my bedroom window like scratching to be let back inside the house and I just remember thinking oh but if I leave now like I will leave my cats <laughs> and like 
And then I remembered, oh, if I leave now, then I'll leave my dad and I'll leave my brothers. And because I knew that if I went with them, my life now on this plane would end. Wow. Obviously, that's probably not fucking true. But still, that's that's what was the feeling and that was the experience. And, uh, And so I pulled myself out. And when I talked to one of my friends who was a DMT savant, <laughs> like grew in in his bedroom, did it constantly, probably not a healthy person, definitely not a healthy person. Um, he was like, wow, I've never heard of somebody pulling themselves out of a blast off. And I was like, well, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> and I remember clearly, like I, I woke back up I sat up I walked downstairs I went outside and I sat under the tree in my backyard and I meditated for a while and I just kept getting this very clear thing in my head and it was like a couple years into my drug fantasy life (laughs) where I was like partying all the time but it was right before I did like the three, four, five month stint of just constant, 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 constant drugs. Right. And the thing that it was saying to me was you need to stop doing drugs. Mm. And I remember later on, like I, I re tried to redo DMT, uh, like maybe four months later. And this was during my whole big drug trip. Um, and it didn't work. Like nothing happened. Nothing happened. Like we had packed different bowls. People had all smoked it. They had all had experiences. And I, no matter how much I smoked it, and he even packed me a second one, I couldn't feel anything. Wow. I felt nothing. And he was just like, that's so weird. I'm so sorry. Da, da, da. I, I, it's obviously not bunk because other people are doing it and feeling it. And I was like, no, I genuinely think that DMT like won't let me in because I didn't listen to it. Mm. And then I stopped doing drugs. And I suppose if my beliefs are true, I will have my final DMT trip when I die. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, my um, only time that I will get hippy-dippy on this podcast. <laughs> but that's what happened. Yeah. That's wild, though, to, like, feel nothing on that because it is such a, like, yeah. Like, and I smoke, like, I really fucking tried. I, I wonder, really fucking tried. I wonder if you did ayahuasca, if it would affect you. Yeah. Uh, I, so here's the thing. I don't want to shit my brains I out know. and puke my brains out. I just don't want to. That sounds horrible. It's like so much of that. And I've, I've talked to people about it and they're like, yeah, it's just like the medicine working through you. No. And then I was like, I think I have enough. I've had enough, like mushrooms. That's like as far yeah. as I'll go. Or I'm like, mm, maybe I have to go to the potty and then I'm done. And then it's over. <laughs> and then like, it's done. Yeah. One time. One time. That's all you get. <laughs> Yeah, it just doesn't sound appealing to me. I think at, there was a time period where ayahuasca did sound very appealing. Like yeah. I wanted to be confronted, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I think that I've moved past that period of my life where I need drugs for teaching 
um, at this point, I would really only be interested in them for like cool feeling purposes, right? you know, like fun experiences. But for teaching purposes, like I don't want to go have a horrible <laughs> trip <laughs> to learn a lesson I've already learned. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. I think it is. It's, it's a really fascinating experience. I'm still intrigued by the experience of Iowa, like the stories I've heard of Iowa. Oh, absolutely. But it, is, it sounds like, I mean, it's a, you go on a whole adventure, you plan like four days or whatever, yeah. and you are in it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm like, eh. But what I've heard from when we went and saw, what's his face? Sean Moss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane? Sean? Shane? Shane? God damn it. I don't know if we're allowed to say his name. Oh, I, we just, said it. Yeah. It's <laughs> we're fine. Yeah. Um, Are you listening? <laughs> hey, Shane. Uh, is that, you know, DMT is like the more... Uh, concentrated? Concentrated version of. So he had an, more, an even in bigger intense experience from his DMT than he did with ayahuasca. So mm. I do... I mean, obviously, they're also very different. There's the there's Mother Ayahuasca. There's the whole, like, spiritual ritual aspect of things. Da, 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 ba, ba, yeah. But whatever. Yeah. LSD. Yeah. Acid. Uh, acid. Okay, when so. When was the first time you did acid? Uh, with Amin. Um, um, probably six years ago. Five, whenever. Early on mm. in our relationship. And, um, same friend who, who gave me the DMT experience had given me acid and he gave me some tips. He's like, either you should be in nature or you're probably going to want to just like stay home. If you stay home, like probably don't want to venture into the world, especially not for your first time. Yeah. Um, like don't go walking where there's traffic, you know? Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds horrible. And so that's what we did. And we just chilled here with the kitties and Lexi cat when she was around, um, and I just remember being, it was hours, right? Last for hours, you listen to music, which just like rolled Last around on the floor. Last for like 12 to 14 hours. So long. Yeah. Um, so don't start it at 1 a.m. Yeah. It was, and it, it had similarities to me of mushrooms where like textures on the wall would start swimming and mm -hmm. then I would see the, the, it felt like the plants were trying to communicate. Like they're, le like it looks like you can see them actually growing or something. Mm. And everything was beautiful. And um, the music was just, everything was so, like all my senses were perked up. And I remember staring at Lexi's eyes and I was like, she knows. <laughs> I'm like, that's the portal to the, all of it. And it was, and she like looked at us like, like she knew we were somewhere else and also completely it was oh yeah just cats like, fucking know look at a cat's eyes yeah that's my recommendation mushrooms are acid they fucking know yeah and they're judging you <laughs> <laughs> but she just chilled like we were sitting by the fire and she chilled next to us and it was a uh, it was delightful and then i'll counter that with this story um so another time with the mean we went to Kauai, and uh oh. <laughs> we we had a bunch of microdoses in our in our employ and um but some of the okay so then we were driving like the plan we're going to drive around the island there's one road okay there's one road and we're going to drive around the island and go to the end and like check out that beach and 
So we went like a third of the way. Um, and we had by that point, like, let's just take a microdose. And we did. And then like nothing happened. Okay, let's take another one. And then we did. And then, <laughs> okay, yeah, those ended up being full doses, which we didn't discover Wait, until. So you took two yeah. full doses? Yeah. <laughs> but like, not, like we waited quite a while and yeah. it just like a longer onset. I don't know. Oh no. But we didn't realize until, cause we had different strips of paper and then we're like, oh, we mixed up the, which one was in which, oh fuck. So we pulled into a beach and <laughs> like walked to these rocks and sat there. And it, we, like I imagine us like this time lapse of people, we just like the world passed for hours and we sat on the rocks, mm-hmm. got sunburned a little and we just watched everybody. And the whole world was fascinating. I remember seeing this guy with a um, metal detector walking down the beach and he was just, he became this character that we told a story about for like an yes. hour. It's like, oh, I got to find the treasure. Um, and eventually realized that the light was changing and it was going to get dark soon. And we got up and like walked around and stared at chickens, which were the most beautiful creature on earth at that point and roosters. And, um, and then went into uh, a restaurant, Brennecke's on the beach. And so I have a lot of mixed feelings because I grew up here and this in Hawaii, a different island and going into that restaurant. First of all, you probably, like, don't have an appetite. You no. might think that you're hungry or, like, it's a good idea to have food. Not. Don't recommend. Yeah, I have a story about that. So walking in there, everything was great until walking in there and immediately, like, mm. we sat down. I kept my glasses on once again. We sat down and I and I ordered, like, the most disgusting things. And I never ordered. I was like, I don't like a strawberry shortcut, a shortcake and... um a mango smoothie with like chocolate brownie and like clams. I don't, I don't know what I was doing. Wow. I just pointed at things and tried, I couldn't read it very well. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) try not to laugh. And then I was looking around and telling Amin like, everyone looks so miserable. And this is like, this is how they ruin the islands. This is how the mainlanders come in and they ruin the islands and they put in these horrible restaurants on the beach with horrible food. Ah, I needed to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, managed to drive us back. I don't know how he did it. I kept my mouth shut because I'm like, I'm not driving. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's still had a wow. good time, but I remember that the intensity of those negative feelings made me think of people who said they've had a bad trip mm-hmm. and, I, and I think mm-hmm. it was like the verge of like I'm gonna go I'm gonna descend into darkness if I stay here yeah interesting yeah being out in public in a specific space that's mm-hmm. not like nature or your own home it's a very different vibe yeah <laughs> but yeah my first time doing acid. I went camping with two of my friends and we did this acid that, I don't know, it just felt like bubble gum. I don't know how else to describe it. It felt like cotton candy bubble gum. And it was just so like beautifully pleasant. Um, Everything was just wonderful. I can't stand spiders and things. And I was just like sitting out in the world, like letting insects crawl on me oh, and wow. like 
being fascinated with them. And like, I tried to jump on a rock and I fell and I like, like fucked up my leg. And I was just like, it feels painful, but like, wow, it's just so <laughs> wild. Like, look at the body, look what my body does. Yep. And there was, it got to a point where like, I couldn't, like words don't, words don't uh, really express what is occurring. You can't really find anything to really express your experience. So everything just transcended words and we were just kind of talking in gestures and facial expressions and it was really rad. And then, um, though I, the, the story about the eating thing. So we had (laughs) at the time I was raw vegan. Don't fucking ask me why. (laughs) And, or maybe it was after that. No, I was vegan, but after that I became raw vegan (laughs) and it was because of this experience. Um, so we had fruits and we had a loaf of bread and the bread was like beautiful artisan bread from some fancy Portland bakery (laughs) that did it right. Right. And we, we bite into the fruit and it's just like the most glorious adventure happening on my taste buds. It seemed, it was amazing and just beautiful juiciness, awesomeness. And then I went to go eat some of the bread and I just smelled it and my stomach like churned. I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever smelled. And the guy that had done acid before was like, yeah, pretty much anything that's like processed, like made, just sounds horrific to me whenever I'm on acid. Interesting. Like fruits and vegetables and things. Like straight up from the earth. straight up. Yeah they are delicious. Right. Which was wild how that happened. I've never been repulsed by bread before. Bread is the most amazing thing on the planet. So I just, you know. Um, Anyway, so I had many, 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 many experiences of acid after that. (laughs) I think that first time was two, two tabs and then uh, there was one time where I puddled myself on acid. I don't even know how many. Puddling means you don't look at how many you're taking. You oh, just God. take it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was fucking wild. I can't even begin to explain to you what happened. It's that like evening. the guy who who discovered lysergic acid yes. and he did like seven doses. Yeah, and he's didn't like, realize. this seems like a good first dose. Yeah, so I'll, it, I'll keep it real small. <laughs> yeah. And it definitely, it definitely felt that night like I had hit the ceiling of being high. Like I couldn't get higher. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, well, we're here forever now. This is (laughs) my life now. We're never coming down. Um, And then the other um, experience was, um, was, that I want to share was that I had done something that I thought was acid, but it turned out to be a different, some like different form of it. Um, it was either two CP or two CI. It's just a, a, like one, like a molecule different. Yeah. Um, and they have generally the same ish kind of effects. They still last very, very long, but they have, it's different. Like for us, acid for me was way more of like a, a, a clear mind and a body experience. 
2CI or 2CP or whatever it was, was way more of a mind experience. It was Mm -hmm. like thoughts happening constantly and just like spiral, spiral, spiral down. If I was by Mm -hmm. myself, it would just spiral down. And so my friend and I walked the streets of Southeast Portland for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours hours because we took it at like 10 p.m., which was dumb, (laughs) before she had to get on a plane at like 8 a.m., which was dumb. Um, and then I got into my car at like 7.30 and I sat in my car and I was like, I'm still so high. Like I can't drive. I was going to try to drive home and I, there was no fucking way I couldn't drive home. And so I called my ex-boyfriend and he came to come pick me up, but he was in morning traffic and it took quite a while. And so I was just sitting alone in my car and I was just like, crying and crying and trying to distract myself from the thought spirals that were happening. And he finally came and got me. He took me back to his house. He had to go to work. So I sat upstairs in his room for hours as well by myself before I could finally fall asleep because this high lasted way too long. And I just remember, here's a little preface for the audience. My mother died of breast cancer when I was 18. She got it when I was three. So it was like 15 years of her body slowly like breaking down and betraying her because it turned to bone cancer and she had to be in a wheelchair and her body just kind of like disintegrated. (laughs) And I remember sitting on the floor of his room and I had shorts on and I was looking down at my legs. And as I was looking at my legs, they turn, they like slowly morphed into what my mom's legs looked like at the end of her mm. life, which were just like no muscle tone, no like just ability, completely atrophied. Right. And I flipped shit. Like that was one of the worst highs I've ever had. And this was after my seven year happiness highs. <laughs> and that wasn't the last time I did acid. Um, but it was, I think, the second to last time. And the last time I did acid, I had a similar experience. I think it was also one of those two CI things. And it was fucking with my head. And I thought people were fucking with me when they were talking to me which they might have been, I have no idea. And this guy that I really liked had like told me that we, we wouldn't be together. We wouldn't be a thing. And he had kind of been like, we had kind of been, I don't know, doesn't matter. I thought we were going to be a thing. I thought we were a thing. And right. so on acid, that's like, that's not a fun thing to hear. No. And I distinctly remember my the the glass fantasy facade that I had been building up around myself at that time in my world shattered. Like something, a hammer hit it and I remember hearing shattering glass. And I started to have a panic attack and he was like, oh, eh, 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 eh. and I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And so he, he gave me an oxy and he crushed it up. He's like, just snort this. You're going to like it. You're going to feel a lot better. You're just going to pass out. You're just going to sleep. And so I did, and I did pass out and I did sleep. And when I got up in the morning, I snuck out and I left and picked up my life like a week later, moved back home. 
um, and didn't talk to anybody in that friend group ever again. And it took me about six months after that period of time to get better mentally. I stopped doing drugs at that time. I never, I didn't touch anything ever again except mushrooms, like maybe twice. And I, I could, for six months, I couldn't tell if people, when they were talking to me, if they were fucking with me or if they were being genuine. And Mm. it was the, like, it was obviously easy, I think, to go cold turkey with that as the ending result. (laughs) But yeah, those are my top experiences of acid. Damn. So no two zero zero negative don't stars. Don't do the Russian analogs, man. Just don't do it. Don't do them. Yeah. You, I mean, like, you can't be sure what is real acid anymore yeah. and what's not. I don't even know if they're... I know that, like, hippy-dippy hips, like, believe, you know, the, the Woodstock class of acid, the 60s class of acid, was the best thing ever, and no one will ever get back to that. Um, I don't know if that's true because you should be able to recreate things. Yeah, but it's manufactured. Yeah, but the stuff that they're creating these days, like it can be similar, but you're not having the same mechanisms being puppeted. It's like the AI version. Yeah, it was. It was weird. It was fucked up. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I'm like grateful for the experiences I had because yeah. I'd be good not. Like I would, there's still things I would try, but not like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I had a good time. Yeah. For the most part, I had a good time, but then they just started fucking with me and fucking with me and fucking with me to a point where it just wasn't. You like should have listened to those. Should have listened to the DMT, man. Yeah. And then I did because I had to. (laughs) Um, But either way, what there's. There's an, one more drug that I know that I did. What was that? Ketamine. Mm. Did you ever do ketamine? No. Ketamine is amazing. It's my favorite thing in the world. And they're using that quite a lot in, in therapeutic settings. Yeah. Really great for depression. Um, actually, I hear um, really good for pain in like a particular kind of dose. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it is, but good for chronic pain. Um, but also similar, like it felt like I was on a set, a movie set with everybody on break and I just got to fuck around and play around. And I felt like so confident and in control of life and it was grand. Did you, did you get, I'm always afraid of the K-hole. The K-hole? No, I did not K-hole. Where you are like locked in syndrome is what it makes me think of. Just like you can't move, like you're trapped in your body. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> the first one was great. Yeah. Or the one I had was great. Any well, other drugs that you have had done that you want to talk about before we talk about the, you know? I think those are the, those are the fun time party drugs. So should we? Well, just to, to wrap up the, you know, the whole episode into a lovely little bow. I guess just like, what are some top lessons, either negative or positive, that you think you've gained from doing these drugs? Uh, well, like, 
to be around if you're going to do them now contrary to what I said where I'm like I did it all in secret I was always with almost always with people like I I can't think of a time I did cocaine by myself I've done some of them by myself that's a lie I've done some of them like I did Molly by myself that was great you know if I was a therapist to you I would ask you why do you think you didn't want people to know (laughs) yeah I, I always thought like I want to feel my own experience before I talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, count, like the DMT experience was very mm. much, I'm doing this with a one person who knows what they're doing, who is offered to be specifically a guide, and and it's like I trust this person and I can say anything. And they weren't superimposing their experience on you, and they weren't yeah. doing it with you. Exactly. So I would I felt just completely safe. Yeah. And I think other experiences, I wouldn't, I, I never liked it when people were like, I'm so high, do you feel so high? I was like, I don't want to talk about it like that. Like, I want to talk about other things. That's kind of the point to me, like exploring ideas or sensations, but not just like, I feel so fucking high, I'm so yeah. drunk, I'm so whatever. Like, it wasn't, I don't know, it just felt like inauthentic or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to experience any judgment while my mind is going into an altered state, especially. It's just like, I want to feel it in my body and then maybe I'll be okay to talk about it. Yeah. But it also, I have a history of just like bottling things up and being afraid to um, feel too exposed or, you know, I had a lot of um, uh, anxiety with attachment and, and all that. So that probably plays a role into it. We're just like, I want to feel safe Mm. And me saying it to you, I'm already feeling unsafe because now I'm seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that the experience of these drug experiences helped you to open up and not feel the need to bottle things up? Instead, I, like being able to choose? Yeah, in some, in some way, like in a lot of ways, just being even able to talk about my emotions and like Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling, it's like Mm -hmm. definitely changed. And um, the, I think the experience of mushrooms, for example, was so um, delightful in feeling good about the world and in my body. And just like that, the hippy dippy part of just like everything truly is connected and we are of this earth and we go back into it. So like, just enjoy it and think about, you know, the deathbed regrets I always talk about. just like, I just live as much life as you can live and be real and you will attract the right people and you'll repel the people who try to, you know, suffocate your light and... Um, yeah, I think just like surrounding yourself with people you trust and who are also curious and supportive. Um, I think that would be the biggest lesson. It doesn't mean I, um, learned them immediately, but Mm -hmm. those are things that I reflect on from them. What about you? Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that rather than like specific life lessons, the thing I want to highlight is just the way that these substances kind of helped to, to carry me into these different phases of my life. 
these different aspects of my identity that I was able to explore more freely mm. or to have kind of like a, um, a partner in helping me step away from things that were unhealthy, uh, like religion, um, mm -hmm. like, you know, as much as it probably, it was not healthy, they absolutely helped me to, um, go through the grief of my mom's death when I was young without, um, without having like a, a experience of getting stuck. Right. Um, I got stuck in other ways later, but you know, they, they were with me in all of these various moments and be, the reason I am the person I am today is absolutely because of all of those experiences. And so I have learned who I am. I have learned to become more accepting of who I am. I've learned how to have fun. I didn't know how to play when I was younger because I didn't get to have that experience. And I think through so many of the drugs that I took, I was able to play and enjoy and cultivate that kind of experience. But mm. at the same time, I also nearly lost myself in it. And I think that that's something that's really important, especially for people who have addictive personalities. Like the moment that you begin using drugs, it, it's, it's like this other aspect of yourself, your personality takes over. And I know for a lot of people, they're massively harmful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another piece of how they almost took me out was that drugs also brought me back. But we're talking about prescription drugs at that point, right? right. So, Which are still drugs, just like they have a different exactly. <laughs> label. Exactly. Which, yeah, we can talk about at some point. But... I, again, I am, I would not be who I am today, where I am today, as successful as I am today without them. So, yeah. They completely altered my fucking mental health in the most negative aspect and then altered, or in the most positive aspect and then the most negative aspect and now back to being positive. You I guess neutral. Full spectrum. Oof, yeah, you can go all over the place with them. Yeah, I guess it's just your choice on how much you are going to allow yourself to be overtaken by them. How much do you feel you have to have them in your life in order to reach the things that you want to reach? Yeah, because you don't need to have them. And I think that if you have that feeling of like needing or the urges or the what have you of and not being able to push past them, you need to sit down and think about some things. Yeah, talk to some people. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. So that was a really long one, but you guys are podcast listeners. You can listen while you're on your drive or cooking food or making life happen. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's uh, drugs, fun drugs. Drugs and mental health. There's so much science and facts and stuff. So go explore, look it up, enjoy yourselves. These are just our experiences. What are yours? Yeah. Share in the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, you're doing great. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>